What's up, weebs? Welcome back to Anime Lane, the podcast where we take you down the yellow brick road of anime and have a look at everything it has to offer. As always, I'm your host, Rebel Notorious, and once again, it's just me. Um, I kind of don't have a plan for this one, and I'm not sure if I've done that before. Kind of just come in, head empty, let's just chat about anime and whatever comes to mind. Um... So yeah, the last episode was the fall roundup episode, um, so you still haven't heard Melina and Sean's voices this year, uh, don't worry about that, you'll, you'll be hearing them in the next episode after this, which is going to be covering Lupin the Third Dead or Alive, and Mamoru Hosta's Wolf Children, um, which we recorded way back in November, and just because of the way sort of deciding to take a break um, over Christmas, uh, recording stuff by myself and kind of wanting to give us the enough time to kind of calibrate to the year, you know, as you as you kind of can tend to do, January's kind of a little bit of a write-off at times, um, in, in terms of, you know, producing content and, and, or, or, and being productive and stuff like that, so, um, yeah, I ended up making that the February episode just so we weren't crunching for time, because I knew I could fill in any blanks, uh, just by opening my mouth and letting whatever thought, <laughs> um, or lack thereof, uh, fell out of it. Um, so yeah, um, I can tell you we are recording in a week's time. Yeah, this is the 1st of February as I'm recording this, which is a couple of days before the episode comes out. And we're recording on the 7th. Um, the episode we're going to be recording that day, um, I can tell you now as a special Valentine's, uh, episode that we've, we've decided to do. On the suggestion of Melina's boyfriend, he, he mentioned maybe doing like a romance-themed episode would be a, a good idea. Um, so in that, which actually you'll hear first, because that's obviously February 14th, so you'll hear Sean Melina before, um, the Lupin episode comes out. Uh, we're going to be talking about Millennium Actress and I Want to Eat Your Pancreas, which I'm, I'm very much looking forward, um, to, to covering those. And then myself and Sean... Um, why did I say myself? That sounds way too formal. Uh, me and Sean, we're recording uh, this Saturday uh, for for a little project. Um, we're going to have a couple of things we're going to be recording then for both Anime Lane and Nap. Uh, and, there, and there we're going to be recording Halo Legends. Where that's going to fit into the schedule, um, probably March, I think. Uh, because that'll come after Lupin Dead or Alive, which will be, what, two weeks after that, so probably the first episode in March. Um, and then we also have another recording session near the end of, of February, uh, where, again, obviously we're going to be doing both Nap and Anime Lane as well, and there we're going to be talking about Perfect Blue and, and Promare, and that'll probably be the March episode. We've kind of you know, we didn't just let January be a, a total write-off. We, you know, we're, we are obviously friends outside of the podcast and we, we chat all the time. So we used some some of that time to really just kind of plan a little bit more ahead um, for the time being, more so than we did last year. I think, you know, we're, we're a little over, what, six months into this now, eight, actually, since we're in February. Um and I think, you know, from when we started recording in April, I think, uh, we recorded the first episodes of both podcasts. And then I think we done like one more recording session after that. And then it was maybe August 
or so um and you know episodes started coming out in june we kind of just played it by ear for the most part and for that that's that's fine uh that works we kind of we have a philosophy of uh plan so to kind of paint a picture of how we record um or, or what our recording days are uh it's always anime lane in the morning and we then break for lunch we come back we record nap we usually take another little bit of a break just stretch drink water you know uh let our voices rest a little bit refresh our thoughts and then we do another nap so we do three episodes in one one big recording session which usually lasts maybe five six hours something like that um the guys arrive around 10 30 11 and and they're leaving at maybe four ish depending on how the day goes um and so where was i going with this thought i've totally i just derailed like i i knew where i was going with that and then the train just fell off the rails um so <laughs> why did i bring that up seriously why was I talking about how we were recording the day or recording days? That's oh my god, that is bad. That is terrible. Holy shit! Why was I talking about this? I'm gonna have to stop recording and go back and check. Okay, yeah, yeah. So we were kind of to get back to my point since I went back and checked. I actually had to go back and check. Um, reason I'm talking about this. Uh. Yeah, so for that, we were kind of coasting off inertia and our, our plan and philosophy for NAP is that we come in with one topic in mind for an episode and then the second episode of the day is just vibes. <laughs> we, we open our mouths and, and, and see where it goes. Um, and, and, you know, I think it works. And I think generally so far, we didn't do that in the beginning. I think we did pick topics for both, and I think that's where all, um, most of the kind of quiz-based ones have come from, or anything that involves using the internet. Um, you know, like w would you rather you quiz or, or uh, whatever ever other ones we've done? I think we've done one other one. Um, that's where those kind of come from. Is is trying to to plan both episodes and kind of. I think coming up a little short, uh, I think because, you know, we weren't really confident in, in our abilities at the time and, uh, you know, we, we probably still have room to go. Um, but that's, you know, you're always going to have things you want to improve upon. But I think, you know, some of our, our favourite episodes so far for NAP have come out of just really see where it goes. I think that's where most of our hilarity kind of comes from internally. Uh, between the group and, and stuff like that um sorry I'm, I'm kind of talking a lot about the production side of it and and i'm seven minutes in almost eight so i, I should probably turn to anime um so yeah i don't think in a while i've done you know, what have i been up to what i've been watching outside of the podcast because you know uh unlike sean and melina who you know kind of just do this as i mean sean does like anime he does enjoy stuff and he he's looking to watch stuff outside of this uh, i think it's more like uh finding the right thing because even though we do this i wouldn't say he's found the thing to kind of you know kick him down the rabbit hole so to speak and melina i don't know i <laughs> we haven't really discussed it um but yeah so i obviously you know anime is my 
but one of my main forms of, of entertainment. Um, and yeah, I, I think the last time I did this was what, June or something? I went over kind of what I'd been watching at the time. Um, so yeah, I think we'll do that. What have I been up to? What have I been watching recently? I think most recently, the, the last, I have been, I did start City Hunter 3. Um, I think I'm still halfway through that. Yeah, I'm, I, the last one I watched is episode 7, looking at my list. Um, compared to the first two seasons, it's not as good, um, and, you know, I started it, I think, beginning of January, and I, I'm still only halfway through, which, you know, doesn't bode well for how, not necessarily how good, but how engaging these, these episodes are, you know, and, and that's putting, putting aside, <coughs> sorry, um, something that stuck up my throat there, that's putting aside the, the sort of weird change in, production value i guess you could you could put it there's there's slight changes to character designs you know um people's eyes and hair don't look the same kaori had uh i think quite sort of distinctly red-ish hair in in season one and two and in in season three it's it's brown and then there's there's a few other characters that have like very distinct hair colors who who have it brought back to a more natural tone and i think that ends up in some instances causing confusion as to who which character is who um like the the cat sized girls um ah their names are escaping me the ones that work, work with uh umibozu i think is it kasumi and uh i don't think cast kasumi doesn't sound right is it kasumi yeah so you have Kasumi, who I think started working there during season two or something. Um, she showed up in, I think, season one uh, as like a, a side character and then shows up again in, in season two and starts working at the cat's eye. With, uh, and then Miki, who is uh, Umi Bozu's like, partner, I guess. Um, I think they get married later. I can't remember. But yeah, so... There's all these little weird kind of small changes to just give it a bit more of a, I guess, a natural appearance, um, and and it can lead to confusion. Like the, Miki and and Kasumi kind of at times. I I was there's one episode that I watched that focused on both of them. You know, like specifically kind of the Cat's Eye Cafe cast. So you had Umi Bozu, Kasumi, Miki, and obviously Rio and and uh calorie and i found myself getting confused just on miki and kasumi at, 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 like because they were both in the same place and then it would just like go to a scene where it was just one of them i'd keep getting confused as to which one was which because they've changed sort of the more distinct elements of these characters and so you you know psychologically attach that to that character and when that's taken away i think it can be a bit confusing um and the outfits have changed a little bit, so there's less of a distinct look for, like, Ryo, 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 sorry, oh, I almost called him Ryo there, Ryo, um, he's got, like, yeah, he just doesn't look right, there's, yeah, it's kind of weird, um, I'll finish it, and then I've got season four, which is City Hunter 91, uh, and the movies to watch, and then I'll be, I'll be caught up, and I'll have watched everything, um, I think I started watching it with uh, Shinjuku Private Eye way back in 
I think I watched that during lockdown or something. But anyway, yeah. Um, I've I've I'm not sure how the spring roundup is going to shape out if there will be one because looking at it, I'm not watching a lot. There's Dan Matchy. Uh, is it wrong to try to pick up girls in a dungeon? Season four's second half is airing at the moment. Um, I watched the f- and and that's the only one like I'm up to date with. I've picked out another couple of shows. I have Ningen Fushin, uh, Adventures Who Don't Believe in Humanity Will Save the World, uh, Revenger, and Tomo Chan's a Girl. But all of those I've watched. I've not watched past the first episode. Revenger is interesting. That's again Urobochi show. I think that's who. I think that's his last name. Um, so that'll that'll at least probably go in an interesting, if predictable, direction. <laughs> <laughs> knowing his writing style. Um, Tomo-chan, I, I found a little weird in the first episode. And Negan Fushin seemed interesting. Um, I just need to find time and sit down and just catch up, really. Um, I think there was, like, a, another show that I was interested in, but I, it's now escaping me. Um, sorry, something keeps catching my throat, so I'm going to I'm gonna hydrate as I let my list load up um, the dates of stuff. So initially when I said uh, recently I've been watching, my first thought was the Appleseed stuff. Um, so I watched the original OVA, which was what, 88 or something like that, 1988, um, last year. I think shortly after the the discotheque blurry came out, because um, I was I was straight on that. I love Ghost in the Shell, um, so I was, more, I was interested in seeing more Masamishiro stuff. Uh, or at least you know more stuff based on his work. So I watched that. It's it was it was good. It was decent. Um, it's it's a singular thing if I remember correctly, and it's an hour ish long. So it doesn't you know it it doesn't do amazing things, but it was at least fun and interesting to watch. Um, and so slowly over last year and beginning with this year i collected the rest of the anime adaptions Ma- oh, almost all of them there is one i am missing which i'll come to uh so yeah so i bought x machina and alpha at some point near the end of last year i think on a whim uh, I think because I remember they existed <laughs> and was curious as to watch them. And then I kind of spent some time searching for the 2004 movie, just called Appleseed. Um, mainly I was trying to find the Blu-ray, uh, which I think Sentai released in, in the US. It never came out in the UK. Um, and yeah, that shit is expensive expensive uh from from what i can find i think the cheapest one i seen was something like 90 dollars um and then i had been looking for like fx machina and alpha had like us releases but uh x machina i think was warner brothers and alpha was sony uh so worldwide so if i wanted better releases i had to go japan and i hadn't watched them yet so yeah i wasn't going to spend that much money on them in fact x machina is so out of print in japan not even Mandarake has it, which is a, a second-hand site that's is very helpful. If you can't find something on Amazon or you're one that's slightly cheaper, um, I, I recommend looking at Mandarake. You'll you'll see it marked as, like, 
good condition rather than like mint condition and it will be deeply discounted but you'll it'll arrive and you will wonder why it's not considered mint because the, the japanese are very good at, at keeping stuff and <laughs> and and top tier condition interestingly enough um so yeah i started so i i eventually just caved and bought apple seed and dvd uh the optimum dvd for the uk i'm not sure who released it in in the us originally i I want to say someone like Genion before they shut down and then... Or maybe would it be DTV if Sentai picked up? I don't know. I'm speculating and I don't know why I'm talking about the licensing history of this film. I think because it's more interesting than the actual film itself. Um, Yeah, I, I rated this a 4 out of 10 because it was horrendously boring and deeply ugly to look at <laughs> on top of it all um you know, putting the whole dvd quality thing aside for a cg movie uh the the cg just doesn't look good it has this cell shaded thing going on which means that nothing really jives with the backgrounds either nothing moves well because it's 2004 and it doesn't have the budget of the spirits within or Advent Children, the Final Fantasy movies, which I... Okay, also, yeah, I watched Advent Children right before Appleseed. I've just remembered this. Um, which is also bad. <laughs> That's more of a narrative thing. Advent Children is, like, okay to look at. Um, the 4K version's not too hot, and I kind of wish I had watched the Blu-ray version first because i feel like that's maybe that maybe would have been the better approach um but yeah advent children was bad that was more because the story is nonsensical and is just painful a lot of people praise the action direction in advent children but i i wasn't too keen on it it had a little bit too much Zack snyder slow-mo for my liking and and i don't think I don't think a lot of the cuts were particularly great. And I don't mean like cuts as in animation cuts. I mean like camera cuts, editing cuts, um, where you cut to different perspectives. Um, I I found those a little bit bizarre um, to the point some fights kind of became a little bit unintelligible. Um, I, I think the one that really comes to mind is Tifa fighting... I th- uh, one of the, uh, one of the Sephiroth people in in the church i think uh i think it's one of them anyway one of the kind of the bad guys who really don't serve much purpose other than to bring sephiroth in at the end which you spoilers if you haven't seen advent children but i don't recommend watching it so then i went on to you know naturally apple seed which is arguably <laughs> the same level advent children is is visually better but apple seed is just like a worse product overall the story of apple seed kind of the movie tries to kind of retread some of the stuff that 1988 did while also doing its own thing and it's really weird i i I don't know like how to put it other than it is the most unengaging two hours of your life 
some of the most unengaging terrors of your life because I also you know Advent Children is also the same. Um, Advent Children has like some really good moments, whereas Appleseed kind of there wasn't really any point that I found particularly you know en- engaging. And I think a lot of that comes down to like the underlying story. I think is is okay because I started reading the manga just the other day, and it's it's sort of there's the same overarching plot, like the same basic plot line is there, but I think the the movie just executes it a little bit mundanely. I guess is the way to put it, if mundanely is a word. Uh, Then we follow up with Ex Machina, which is at least interesting to watch. They go for a slightly different style, and and it looks better, but I kind of, I think, just to give it a little bit more identity, it, it could have maybe stuck with the cell shading and just refined that more and made that more f- functional within and the, the visual, you know, aesthetic of the film i guess you could put it um the story had some really interesting parts but ultimately it doesn't do anything with it and it kind of falls apart at the end because you suddenly just have a blue woman with cyber tentacles who's trying to destroy humanity i think (laughs) It has some really great moments of just like this the same aspects of Ghost in the Shell of the 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 humanity of people in a world that is rapidly progressing with technology. The whole kind of transhumanism theme that is like the basic foundation of Ghost in the Shell kind of comes up in Ex Machina here, I don't really know yet if the manga tackles the, the same kind of theme. I, I don't think... I don't think... If it does, I don't think it's going to be as the same kind of depth that Ghost in the Shell does. Mainly, I'm thinking Ghost in the Shell's movie, um, where, where Mamoru Oshii really honed in on one particular thing about the manga and like really focused in on it and made a, an, an exceptional film. Um, Ex Machina had some of that, but it is surrounded by so much mundanity as well. Uh, and then, you know, is, is unbuckled by this weird final boss, so to speak. The whole final confrontation is actually really weird and really weirdly set up takes place in this whole anti-gravity thing and it's just it's weird excuse me um so that was ex machina and i think my other issue with ex machina um you know movie itself aside i was watching it on blurry and warner brothers i think it's warner brothers i i I should go check i'm sure it's warner brothers for ex machina and i know uh, Sony put out Alpha here. I'm sure Warner Brothers is is X Machina though. Um, it's oh, it's subtitles drove me up the wall. Um, there are some weird timing issues, which I can put aside for the most part. But there's also some weird scripting issues at the same time. Um, so the timing issues, like sometimes. 
when it does like the double lineup of dialogue, you know, where you have one character's line on top and any other character's line on the bottom because they're so close together that just the best way to present it is like that. Um, except, <laughs> in more than a couple of instances that I can think of, the the second half of someone's dialogue comes like 10 seconds after they finish speaking. And so you're reading that and then also trying to read the the line of dialogue that the the current speaker is saying before it then moves on to whatever else is going to come up um there's also some weird i think that like i don't know how to put this without sounding like a, a whiny little bitch about it um but when it comes to sort of the translation there's a few issues when it comes to like uh just weird like choices i think of of how to present something someone is saying so the the example i can think of is near the kind of end of the movie as we're in like the the kind of the the, the final conflict so to speak uh the, there's a conversation happening between junin um briarios and the the clone of Briarios in the film, whose name I'm forgetting, because they kind of they never appear again. They're a they're an anime they're an original character to this movie. So I'll double check what their name is just for the sake of this. Um, Terius, I think I'm not sure. I'm probably fucked up the pronunciation of that. Um, <clears throat> so there's a conversation going on between them, and he says he gets like a call on the radio. And he's asked to report on their position because he's try he's supposed to capture them, that's his orders. And he says that I think he says we are something along the lines of like Briarios is dead and uh he can't find Junin or something like that. And then uh I can't remember what, what is said after I think you know, Jun says, Are you really sure about this? And then Terraria Terius says, uh yeah, I can't exactly go back to HQ now and then all Junin says is, is Terius's name but the subtitle just says I guess not and now it's not paired to the dub I know that much because I checked that and there's a few other instances of stuff like this where like there's one part where someone says just like I'm leaving in the middle of like a, a conversation about something and they've made a point, someone's made a counterpoint, and now all they said is just, I'm leaving, but the subtitles kind of make it seem like they're doubling down on what they've said, but they didn't, they just said, I'm, I'm leaving now. <laughs> that was it. Uh, yeah, so there was weird stuff like that that kind of kept bugging me a little bit throughout the course of the film. Um... So yeah, overall, I think I, 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 I'm saying, I think I have the list right up in front of my head. Up in front of my head, up in front of me now is what I was trying to say. Up on my browsing window on the side here. Uh, I give that a 6 out of 10. Um, and then we go on AFSID Alpha. This one was... Uh, this one's interesting. So it came out in the, the US and UK first, dub only. Um, so I was kind of... I was wary. <laughs> Not because I dislike dubs, but like I'd watch the other two in subbed form. So I was kind of like, oh, I want, you know... I think it was a consistent cast across these three movies, so I was, you know, looking for that. Um, 
it's it's a dumb action film for the most part of this one and like that's that's okay i was fine with that it was you know the the one that was kind of the most fun to watch uh it has really nice animation it goes for yet again like almost a different style it's got a much kind of more hyper realistic look to it especially in some of the like cyborgs and stuff like that the bioroids and and all that are is is briarios a bioroid no because those are the humans that are cloned so he's a cyborg i think <laughs> sorry there's a lot of techno babble from these movies um you know like any of the kind of mechanical characters look very good um the dub casts were actually really good uh they were they were very engaging very in- interesting watch they brought the characters to life a, a little bit better than some some dubs can be a bit weird if you've watched you know a lot of the the subtitled version it, it doesn't sound like the that person can either inhabit the role as much or they're not bringing the character to life as much or they're not bringing as much emotion to the table um but the dub cast here were were really good i i really enjoyed the performance again you know it's it's just a dumb action one the story is very kind of thin on the ground but you know it's fine it's a six out of ten out of all of these i think it's actually the one i'd revisit first uh just you know like i said dumb action it would itch a certain part of my brain um i'd probably i'd maybe revisit ex machina but i think i'd probably revisit ex machina if i could get a hold of japanese blu-ray because that has the uh that has english subtitles and i would hope (laughs) it's uh it's a slightly better script um I always feel weird talking about this sort of stuff because, like, I'm not fluent in Japanese, but I can also, I can sometimes spot, you know, when something isn't a particularly great uh, translation. And and sometimes it's not necessarily that it's a bad translation. Sometimes it's just, like, a quality of life thing where something's a little too stilted. I think you could make it feel a little more natural. And interestingly enough, some of them end up being on the Japanese Blu-ray um ghost in the shell just to kind of pedal back to that a little bit for an example of this uh has a different translation across all three releases that i'm going to mention here so there's the japanese release um at least on i think blu-ray and and the 4k release uh from later in its life the uk release uh which i think first uh because manga productions help fund it they they had like a lifetime license thing on it i guess you could say um and you know they kind of were the first ones to put stuff out for it and the u.s release uh from lionsgate in in particular here because i'm not sure who released it before that or if it was out in blurry before that because i'm thinking of the 2020 2021 release of the the 4k version all of them have different subtitles subtitle scripts the uk release is highly dumbed down it is super reductive i guess you could say and and how it presents stuff it brings it down to its most basic form um the japanese version is very good but it is it can be a little verbose I think is the best way to put it maybe um i don't think overly so 
um because it, it is like a good script from what i've experienced of it. i think i've only watched it the one time to be fair uh, my friend had it, i think um and then there's the Lionsgate one which is kind of a middle ground of the both of them it never strays towards the side of manga but it is it's not it's not the same uh translation as the japanese release it's i don't know how to put it it is slightly different it's not as verbose but it still conveys much of the 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 dialogue better than the manga release um and it's still very comfortable to watch still very nice to read and that you know it's it's uh it's not taking long conversations and boiling it down to you know super quick sentences or super quick lines on screen which the manga version can do at times i don't really know how to explain any of this if you haven't sat down and watched these like back not back to back i haven't done that but like sat down and, and watched it with these different subtitle scripts um yeah why am i talking about this this is going to be very uninteresting <laughs> to, to most people um but yeah anyway my point is you know japanese blurries can often have sometimes the best subtitles it's, i'm not going to say that's like any japanese blurry that includes english subtitles is going to have the best one um i think in the case of like weathering with you which has an in-house translation from comics wave uh on its it's uh japanese blurry much like your name did uh because i imported both of those um, I think when it comes to the US release, there was like extra TLC put into it, some revised lines, some extra stuff subbed as well. Um, so the the US UK translation ends up being slightly better. Um, yeah, so that's that's the Appleseed stuff, except for the AA over OVA, uh, largely uninteresting. There is a TV series called Appleseed 13, uh, which I, just after watching those three movies, couldn't bring myself to watch it. <laughs> the thought of sitting through 13 22 minute episodes that look like high, like, not high quality, um, but like PS2 FMVs, uh, like pre-rendered cutscenes from a PS2 era game. Uh, yeah, didn't didn't really sit <laughs> with me particularly well. Um, going back over to what, what I watched during Christmas, I watched The Melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya. That was very good. I loved, like, every minute of that. Uh, I watched Season 1 in Broadcast Order, which if you don't know, Season 1 originally, when it aired, was aired out of order because they kind of realised, after producing everything, that the first... After, like, the first six episodes, it's kind of just, uh, like, side story stuff for the most part, really. It's little kind of slice-of-life episodes. And so what you have is this kind of front-loaded problem of after... I think it's the first six, anyway, that cover the melancholy of Susie, Haruhi Suzumiya, like, story arc. Um, there's nothing else in the season. It, it, it ends after those six episodes. You have, like, the, this build-up over those six episodes and then the climax. And then you just have little slice of life and, and enjoyment well not enjoyment uh but like you know yeah slice of life stuff just uh side stories for the most part you know taken from different parts of the novels and stuff um so they aired it in a different order originally when it aired back in 2007 i think 
I think season one was 2007, season two was 2009. Uh, so yeah, you have season... So you have season one, which was aired out of order. Uh, I think I have the, the notes still on my phone. Uh, let me have a look. Do I, do I, do I, do I? I apparently deleted it, which seems... Nope, nope, here it is. Uh, yeah, so... For season one, you start with the last episode, then you watch the first two episodes, and then you kind of jump from, like, a side story episode to a melancholy episode, to a side story to a melancholy, and so on and so forth, until you kind of get to the end. Um, And I think that presents, like, an interesting way, like, uh... Who is it that, that, oh, I'm forgetting character names. Again, why does this happen when I'm on my own? Um, it leads to some interesting stuff where, like, uh, Koizumi is is just in an episode. So he's in the first episode, We can, but we don't really get to know anyone in the first episode because it's, uh, it's, it's the short movie. Um, the, the one about... <laughs> Uh, Mikuru's, like, uh, made uh, magical girl thing, the, the the movie they make for the Arts Festival. Um, so you see him in that, you see all the characters in that, and then I think it's, like, episode, like, by the time you're on your, like, your, your fourth episode or something, Koizumi's just there in an episode where they're playing baseball. There's a bunch of these different things going on that you haven't been introduced to yet, but then you go on to the next episode... And you're introduced to Koizumi, and you're introduced to all the concepts that were brought up in the previous episodes, and and it leads to this really interesting way of just going: here's this character, here's how they fit into the group, here's what they're bringing to the table. Now let's introduce them properly, because and yeah, I can't I can't put into words. Well, I can't really articulate particularly well. Maybe on my own, maybe if Sean and Melina had seen it and we were all having a conversation about it, I'd be able to articulate a bit better, bouncing off of them how that builds up this incredibly interesting narrative that that gives more character development and stakes to everyone throughout the show rather than going here's all these six episodes here's all the conflict that happens in that now here's just a bunch of you know episodes of them living their life uh which i guess the impact of that would be lessened by the fact that if you're watching it in chronological order, you then also have the second season stuff uh, to watch as well, which is equally as interesting. You would have all that slice of life stuff, and then you would have, uh, I think it's the, no, the side of how he is last, I think. But anyway, you have like. Uh, you have like the endless eight and stuff as there's the main bulk of uh season two and that's really interesting i thought endless eight would be i'm kind of trying to formulate thought here so if my if i sound a bit weird i'm, I'm it's because i'm kind of trying to think here um endless eight how do i i think a lot of people know what the endless eight is it's, it's a meme in the anime community at this point I thought it was going to be very hard to watch. I thought it was going to be very boring to watch. And I initially thought, okay, let me watch four episodes one night. I'll wake up in the morning and I'll watch the other four and that way it's done. And what ended up happening is I sat and I watched all eight back to back. And that was 
an experience. And you and you know the basic concept is they're stuck in this time loop, and the same things keep happening, like over eight episodes, uh, with the first, second, and eighth being like the ones that have differences in them. But really, all of them are different because you go from, well, I see you go from every episode has different cinematography. It has different. The characters are in different costumes. The, there's there's little differences and well, some slight differences in their exchanges. Uh, the overarching, you know, main stuff is the same, but there's nice little changes there that make it interesting to watch. It's it's still engaging. I think a lot of that does come down to the cinematography. You know, they they continuously present it in an interesting way rather than cutting and pasting, you know, the same episode over and over again. Um, so yeah, Harry was was great. I need to watch uh, Disappearance still. Uh, I just I bought the Blu-ray for the the TV show just before Christmas and I wasn't expecting it to arrive but it came on like the 23rd um so I sat down and started watching it oh no it came before that it came on like the 21st because I just noticed my start date and it was the 22nd um so yeah it came kind of just like right before Christmas so I sat down and started watching it and yeah, I ended up finishing season two af- just after New Year, I think, because I took kind of a short break somewhere during season two. I think after watching The Endless Eight, I took a bit of a break with it um, and then came back and watched the last bulk of episodes or something like that. Um, and by the time <laughs> by the time I had finished it, uh, the, the price for Disappearance had jumped back up because I think uh, when I bought season one, it was on sale on Amazon and then, so it was Disappearance, it was like £22 or something like that. And then by the time I was done, it was back up to like 32 because I'm in the UK and it's it's coming via Amazon US from the US. So there's, you know, tax and, and conversion fees and shipping and all that sort of shit. And on top of it, um, what else then? Because uh, I watched the, uh, the, the Fate Stay Night Heaven's Field trilogy as well. That was interesting. The first movie was was kind of a bit of a slog to get through because if you've seen uh, Unlimited Blade Works, you've kind of it, there's a lot of stuff that it retreads, and it's like the the first movie is a bit of a speed run to get through all of that so it can get to the main content, and after that, you know, like Lost Butterfly and, and Spring Song, the, the the other two movies are really good. Um, those were those were good. I I don't have much to say on them though, really. Um, if you if you've seen, sorry, excuse me, Bert here. Um, if you've seen Unlimited Blade Works, uh, and you liked it, I recommend Heaven's Feel if if you can get a hold of it. Um, yeah. Oh, I think. Oh yeah, I watched Devil May Cry Baby. I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast yet. So I really like Devil Man. I really um I I like Gonagai gonna guys work um i've read the devilman manga i've seen the original ovas i own the tv series and have i've not had a chance to sit down and fully watch it yet so i thought after hearing all the praise for it that crybaby was going to be great i didn't go in with like you know sky high expectations like i try to go in with to things as like neutral as possible kind of you know i shift my gear into neutral 
and squarely in the middle. I'm, I'm not expecting anything amazing. I'm not expecting anything bad. I'm just trying to experience it, you know, as, as it's intended for the first time. You know, I'm going in head empty, expecting, you know, whatever the show is, presents to me. And, uh, yeah, I didn't like Crybaby whatsoever. It's, it's not a great adaption of the manga. And I, it's, it's weird the things that it, that it does. I don't know how to put this. Um... Okay, so the, the best example I can think of is is the Silene storyline or Cyrene storyline. In in the manga Well, I don't want to compare it to the manga so much. Uh let's compare it to the OVA, right? Because there was a fil- the second episode of the OVA was the Silene story arc, Cyrene story arc. And it presented Cyrene and her fight with Devilman, and it was really interesting, it had some great action, and then here, in Crybaby, it is reserved to the last 10 minutes of an episode, and the fight itself isn't very long, but it also entirely happens in the dark, so you can't really see anything. So yeah. The animation of the show just doesn't sit with me either. And I don't know if it's, uh... Oh, what's his name? Mas... Uh... It's, it's a certain director. Uh... Misaki Yuasa. I don't know if it's just his style that I don't like. Or, or if it's his style applied on to Devilman. I don't mind some of the modern day updates at all, really. I think those are fine. Um, because, like, the original very much does take place in the, the sort of 70s, 80s. And I think updating that to modern day was, was okay. But I don't like the animation of it at all. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the soundtrack either, now that I think about it. The opening's really weird. The rapping was cool at first, and then it became entirely too much. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, d- I didn't like Crybaby. And, yeah, I was disappointed by that. I gave it a 4 out of 10. Um, I've I've talked about one thing that I have enjoyed <laughs> so far. I swear, I've been watching other stuff that I've enjoyed. It's just that I've already spoken about them on the podcast. I've talked about all the stuff I watched during the fall season. Uh, and... Yeah, that's like what made up the bulk of my kind of lead up to Christmas was watching all of that, and I I thoroughly enjoyed a lot of that. Um, there was also JoJo, you know, that finished up. Um, there was stuff for the podcast, kind of you know, right before that that we've talked about. Some of it's going to be coming out at, at the end of February, as I mentioned at the start of the episode. Um, I've also I feel like I've read some stuff. Uh, I started reading Mashishi. I've I've read the first volume of that. That was super chill. That was uh, very relaxing. I need to get back and, and read more of that. Um, I asked for Manga Rex and and a server I'm in and got some really great stuff in there. So I'm gonna probably over the course of this year <laughs> uh, read through it, read through those. Um, one of them was actually also Good by Eri. By mmm, that's why, why can't I remember names when I'm on my own for fuck's sake 
Uh, Sayonara, Airy, somewhere here on my list. Oh, no, I guess it's under goodbye, because I was, yeah, there it is. Um, yes, goodbye, Airy is by the Chainsaw Man guy, Tatsuki Fujimo. That's it. And so I was curious after watching Chainsaw Man, do I dislike Tatsuki Fujimo's work? Or do I just like Chainsaw Man? Or do I just dislike Chainsaw Man? And I think the answer is that I just dislike Chainsaw Man. Because I read Goodbye Airy. And oh my god, that was a ride. If, if you have like an hour or two to spare, I highly recommend reading this. It is a one shot. It's 200 pages. Uh, it's on the Shonen Jump app. Uh which is one ninety nine or is it two ninety nine now? Something like that. Um has loads of great manga on there, so you know, I recommend in general if if you're wanting to get into manga, check that out. The two ninety nine gets you access to the whole vault that they have, which is most of Viz's licensed content. Um so you've got My Hero Academia, One Piece, uh Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, uh Yu-Gi-Oh, you know, Dragon Ball Chainsaw Man, you know, all of the sort of big manga are on there um, from Viz. And so Goodbye Airy was on there, I think along with some other Tatsuki Fujimoto one-shots that I'm going to read. And so I got recommended it. And at first I was like, I'll wait for it to come out digitally on like uh, the volume release, which, but that was June uh, for digital and I think it's August for physical. So I read it on, on the Shonen Jump app and wow, that was, <laughs> it's quite the journey. I don't want to spoil it. Um, but yeah, Fujimoto does some really interesting stuff with Goodbye Airy. Uh, it's, it's laid out in a very interesting way that I thought initially when I started watching it was going to be kind of boring and then I realised what he was doing. And yeah, it's, it's super interesting. Highly recommend it. Like I say, if you've just got like an hour to, to kill definitely read it i it's it's very good read um and then i mentioned you know i started reading apple seed as well which obviously makes sense after watching all the the movies that i turned to the <laughs> the source material and uh because i i think unlike ghost in the shell where the the movie kind of surpasses the manga um apple seed has yet to get uh, a full adaption that i think does it uh, like full justice um at least in, in a narrative sense where I could I could feel like, ah, yeah, I don't really need to read the manga. Um, so there was a big sale on of, of most of uh, Masamune Shiro's, like, stuff from, from Dark Horse, which doesn't include Ghost in the Shell. Uh, so I bought that. So it was Appleseed, uh, Dominion, Black Magic, and Orion, I think, are, are kind of the, the ones... Because uh, it's all four volumes of Appleseed along with Hypernotes and an art book or something like that. Um, and yeah, so I read the first volume. Again, very interesting. Uh, it's interesting how kind of the movie, the, the 2004 movie, kind of adapts uh, the, the that um, kind of closely, but also kind of not and kind of boringly <laughs> at the same time. It's hard to explain. Uh, what else? Um, I've, I've read other stuff. Uh, you're, uh, there was something else I was going to bring up and it's just escaped me. Oh, I read Apposims 
which is the most recent manga by um, Tsutomu Nihei, one of my favourite manga artists, so I've read all of his other stuff. Um, Kainan the Great Sea is the only one I haven't read, which is his most his most recent manga, which I've just said about absence, but he's only writing that, he's not producing the artwork, so I'm slightly less interested in it, because it's someone else, so it's not really got his visual flair to it. Uh, but then Aposims was shit anyway, so, you know, <laughs> um, Aposims was a little bit disappointing. I think he overly shonenified his, his style. Um... Because when I think of Tsutomu Nihei's, like, manga, I think of, like, very dense and very atmospheric uh, locations. Whereas Aposims feels very simplistic and there's no tone or contrast that makes it interesting to look at um, when it comes to the background work. Uh, narratively, you know, Nihei's never had the strongest you know, like, stories in his work, but that's fine because it's always been carried by atmosphere more than anything. Like, that was Blam's bread and butter was how just atmospheric it felt, how how amazing it was to, to flip through that. And you didn't need the dialogue for this story. It kind of conveyed itself. And there was bits of dialogue here and there, and it got a little bit more, you know, narratively dense as the series came to its conclusion, but it was it was interesting, it was intriguing. It oozed atmosphere. And he can kind of continued that into Biomega, into Abara, into Knights of Sidonia. And then <laughs> he like dumbed it all down in Aposims. Characters talk too much. They over-explain things. They undercut some of the stuff that was just set up in the artwork. Like, there's a fight sequence, which, okay, fair enough, most of the fight sequences are unintelligible in, in Aposims. They're, they're not greatly laid out, they're not greatly defined or drawn. But there's one fight where it clearly all makes sense, <laughs> where a character, like, blocks an attack. And there's just this narrative bubble of, like, a character's inner thought where he's like, oh my god, he's, he's stopped the attack with his weapon which has rendered my weapon unusable, unusable, we're at a stalemate, and it's like, yeah, I can figure that out from the artwork. <laughs> like, you're in a visual medium, you don't need to tell me this because I can see it right in front of me. He has a gun on his left arm, he's used that to block your spear, both of your weapons are now unusable. I know that you're at a stalemate, and it's what comes after that that's more interesting. Like, you, you you don't have to explain that to me. And then it really just shat the bed at the ending. <laughs> it, it just... There were some there are some mysteries that can be left unsolved and you have, like, this really great... You can still have a great narrative. And then Ampersims just was like, nah, I don't want you to have any mysteries left, but I'm going to give you the worst fucking explanation for all of it. I think... Uh, there's, I think, you know, after reading it and, and talking with, with some other people about it, um, it potentially got cancelled uh, because I think it's, it's the very beginning of the last volume, which contains, like, the last, I think, four or five chapters, just shifts. Something happens at the beginning that kind of goes a little bit unaddressed. Um, 
and and it just shifts into ending mode <laughs> uh, without any real warning. Um, so yeah, that was Apisims. I, I I'm gonna go back and read some of Nihei's work over this year. I think again just to top up on why I love his work because Apisims ain't it. That ain't that chief. <laughs> I've kind of been dying to talk about that. I was initially going to do like a full episode on it after I finished reading it because I had to plug a gap somewhere and I didn't. I think it was actually right after, um, I think it was, it was like right around when, when the fall episode came out and I knew I had this episode to, to do. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I didn't want to de dedicate a full episode to it because I didn't really want to spoil it, but at the same time, I don't recommend it. So yeah. There's a new volume of Your Format um, as well, that came out a couple of weeks ago, and there's a new ep there's a new volume of My Dress Up Darling out, but I haven't had a chance to read those. Um, My Dress Up Darling I'm probably going to read like over the weekend, uh, but Your Forma, I'm going to leave until I think... I have a week off in February, so I'll probably sink my teeth into it then, since that'll take, like, an actual dedicated amount of time, whereas My Dress Up Darling, I can sit down in, like, an hour or two, I'll get through it. Um, so, yeah, I think, looking at the time, this, this has been a decently long, this is a decent time to kind of wrap it up, and I don't really think I've, I've done much else uh, that I could talk about anyway. Um... Like I said, we've planned out a decent amount of stuff. Uh, like, even beyond what I've, I told you at the beginning of the episode, we have, like, another three months' worth of stuff kind of lined up uh, that I'm currently, as I'm I'm talking into this microphone, my PC is, is churning away on uh, prepping those episodes for Sean and Melina to watch. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I'll just end it there. I still don't know how I finished an episode. Um, yeah, thank you for listening to this. Uh, as always, you can go and follow us on Twitter at AnimeLaneCast if you want updates on when episodes are coming. Well, not when episodes are coming out, but what the content of the next episode is going to be. You'll get a spoiler alert a week before the episode comes out, which gives you plenty of time to go and watch it. Uh, whether you watch it legally or not, I don't really care. <laughs> No, I do. If you can watch it legally, do that. But if you can't, I understand. <laughs> I'm not going to judge you for it. Anyway, this has gone, gone in a weird direction all of a sudden. Yeah, it's it's getting late. It's, it's 11.30 at night. <laughs> Why did I choose to record this now? Uh, anyway, yeah, thank you for listening. And we'll see you in the next one. Bye-bye.